to <laughs> Dark Alignment. Hello. I am Brittany. And I'm Amy, also Ruth Rose on Instagram and, and YouTube. Yes, um, I am at Brit underscore Oakley on Instagram. So if you don't mm-hmm. follow us, check us out. You can, you can see. follow the Dark Alignment Instagram as well. Hopefully I mean, you're always already subscribed to the YouTube. Why would you theory, not be right? following right. us on Instagram? <laughs> it's at Dark Alignment. Get on there Get and on click there. the... Click the button. I don't know what color it is. I was oh going to say the blue button, but I don't uh, think it's blue. No, I maybe. The it follow back button is blue, I think. Why don't you go look at it and te- follow us and tell <laughs> us what color the button is. Please, yeah. Because <gasps> we're uh, on episode seven. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard to believe that we're already here. Happy Witchtober for all you... Witch enthusiasts or witches or want to be witch, witches, witches like me or witch witches. <laughs> witch witches. Um and also oh This yes. is this is dog's tooth calcium. <coughs> dog's tooth calcium. It's kinda, it's kinda cool. That's really pretty. Yay, because yeah, we don't have any crystals yeah, on the screen. table. There we go. We can't we can't, we can't do it without, without it. crystals on the table. Okay, go ahead. So <laughs> last time we were here, we covered the Ken and Barbie killers, Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka. It was a horrific story, but also just kind of fascinating. And mm-hmm. uh, when killers look like everybody else, I think it's a little bit scarier mm-hmm. than somebody it's creeping yeah. on the block who you know to be afraid of. <laughs> so interesting story. Um, also, coming out day. Yeah, coming out day this week. Coming out day mm-hmm. on the 10th of October. Woo! So, um, wishing you all a wonderful coming out day. Hooray. Hooray. And, yes, back to... And spooky the... season. <laughs> oh! Oh, yeah, Witchtober you already said that, but... Yes, so the next... Plus this episode, the next two, we're doing very much theme-based episodes. Like, real creepy, extra yes. creeps. Creepy. Um, this week... The episode has to do a lot with coming out day, so we are doing an LGBTQ episode. Yay! <laughs> um, and also, this is heavily based all around one of my favorite things, which is costumes and dressing up. So there's She's a... going to the Halloween store right after this. Oh. Just to tell you. <laughs> I, I really am. Like, uh, going on a date with my wife to the Halloween store tonight, so... It's just, you gotta go. Just... I mean, what else are you gonna do? There's costumes, and I need them to go in my giant costume trunk <laughs> for all year round. Uh, so there's a lot of costumes and dressing up and wild, extravagant things. If you haven't figured out kind of what story I'm talking about, we are doing the party monster himself, Mr. Michael Alec. Crazy. So for those of you who haven't heard of the movie... It is my all-time favorite movie and has been for years and years. It mm-hmm. is called Party Monster. It stars Macaulay Culkin, who plays Michael Alec, and Seth Green. Wow. Love him. Um, he plays James St. James, which is Michael's best friend and kind okay. of like his mentor in the early days. And James St. James also wrote a uh, book about the entire thing. And it is called Disco Bloodbath, which I also own a copy of. Yes, I own a copy of that. So it's like his memoir of all the time of being a club kid in New York in the 80s and 90s. So that's where this story takes place. Okay. I guess I want to get into it. Should we get into it? So I already kind of talked about what you might have heard about Michael from, and that is because he was a club kid. He was. 
deemed the king of the club kids. So it was a real cultural phenomenon during the 1980s and 90s. Mm -hmm. So trigger warning. Almost forgot to do the trigger warning. Oh, yeah, we have. There's always a trigger warning. Very important. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about some graphic shit. This murder that takes place is very graphic. And a lot of the other... Um, just talking about some of the things that Michael did in his daily life can be considered a little bit graphic depending on your level of comfort. Mm-hmm. So mature audiences only, please be advised, you know? Be advised. Okay, so Michael was born on April 29th, 1966. He was born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. He um, has a brother. He's the second of the two children. His mother, actually, this is a fun fact about her, she is a native from, oh my gosh, don't hate me because I don't know how to pronounce this, Bremerhaven, Germany. Oh. Did I do okay? Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she moved to the United States after marrying Michael's father, who was a computer programmer. Okay. Um, But the couple divorced when Michael was only four. So... Mm. His mom has a super strong accent. She's very German, blonde. She's she's super cute. I've seen lots of interviews <laughs> with her. Um, so he, Michael was a straight-A student, actually. Okay. He was very intelligent at the top 8% of his class when he graduated. Um, but during his teenage years, he was bullied a lot for being gay, like mm. most of us who are queer people yeah, um, do end up getting bullied at some point in our lives unfortunately and uh michael just really wanted to get out of the small conservative indiana town that he lived in and who could fucking blame him i did the same thing right. couldn't wait to get out of that shithole <laughs> like, so bye. <laughs> uh, bye as fuck i can totally empathize with that so after he graduated in 1984 he attended college in new york city on a scholarship um he was studying architecture And then he ended up, like, once he got to New York and kind of started feeling fabulous as fuck, (laughs) he transferred to the Fashion Institute of Technology. So that's actually how he got introduced to the New York City nightlife and that whole scene. And uh, he ended up loving the nightlife so much that he actually dropped out of school and uh, wanted to get into the club scene. So he started as a busboy. He was willing to start literally at the bottom um, just okay. to, be, you know, he wanted to really make a name for himself right. on the club scene. And he really did. So this next section, inspired by the movie Party Monster, is called A Place to Play. So, okay. Michael, it's just all about the club scene once he got to be a part of it. And he loved that it was a place for, like, all the outcasts and the misfits to just, like, have fun and belong. Mm -hmm. And um, you could be a freak and it was okay and everybody (laughs) accepted you. And it was just, it was kind of like, the culture was really beautiful. It was a really, like, underground gay scene and gay community that was really supportive, especially during that time. It was, like, a big deal, It was during, like, the AIDS epidemic and, you know, people were really stigmatized and Mm -hmm. there was just this subculture people um that were kind of like living this fabulous life underground and michael really wanted to be a part of that he fully immersed himself and he became a club promoter for the infamous peter gation at the club limelight 
Which wow. Limelight was actually an old cathedral, so it was really beautiful Ooh, with like cool. stained glass windows, and um, it was really gorgeous. I've seen a lot of pictures of it. If you haven't had a party in a sanctuary, I mean, <sighs> it's just. I mean, I haven't, and I apparently need to. I've had a few drinks in what? in like a in a sanctuary for oh, like cool. a yoga festival because like it oh. rained. It was me outdoor party, and then oh. it rained, and we had it indoors, and that was the building that was free. Okay, that's it wasn't cool. like the prettiest one, but it was like it was our pews and stuff it was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. That that's sounds like cool. fun. I love it. <laughs> I'm not a drinker, but that really does sound like a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Not really anymore. <laughs> so among the people that were on the club scene mm-hmm. at this time, mm-hmm. just to kind of let you know how fucking huge and important it was to gay culture, fucking RuPaul partied there. And partying Whoa. with Michael was part of all of it. Um, and Michael saw himself as the next Andy Warhol. That was kind of wow. his goal. That was who okay. he wanted to be. And he was famous for throwing these, they called them outlaw parties, mm-hmm. which is just really funny. Um, and he did it at random public places before the cops would bust them. So um, they would just show up at all these random places in New York City, like restaurants and the mm-hmm. subways, and they'd show up in full fucking costume. I'm talking like face paint and wow. uh, extravagant costumes, giant chicken yeah. costumes. Um, just it was insane. They would wear that kind of fun. the craziest outfits. I like love, you could do it at a festival. Now. You will love the movie Party Monster. I'm gonna make okay. you watch it because it does a kind of a portrayal of what the type of costumes they wore. I'm really and, interested. Oh my god, it's so fabulous. Google it, guys. Google it. Yes, shit. please Google it. <laughs> um, I love Seth Green as as James St. James when he is the troll. It is fucking fabulous. Um, it's my fa- that's probably my favorite costume of the movie. Um, so he would throw these wild parties, and one he actually took over a Burger King, and they would just, like, it would just fill up with a ton of fucking club kids, and they would all start doing drugs and playing music, and just, like, the people working would get an order for, like, 500 hamburgers, and Michael would, like, throw them out to everybody. It's wild. That is crazy. Um, so... One of the other places was, like, Dunkin' Donuts, Abandoned Houses. I already mentioned the subway, but, like... Um, it helped revitalize the downtown New York City club scene well, back sure. then. Where it was kind of starting to be run down and mm-hmm. neglected, and everything kind of started being like hey. a place to go, and you things were happening. To party, come on! Yes, party. Um, one of the most infamous places where you can, I think, you can still see the interviews of this if you like YouTube it. But um, he actually appeared on an episode of Donahue with all his club kid crew. And RuPaul was fucking there, like, on the episode with him. So they were just there, like, talking about the club kid movement. And it's just, it's amazing. Um, He had become quite a celebrity at this point. And he absolutely loved it. Like, that was what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And now, so that was, like, the glory time. So let's, we're about to get dark. That was, like, fun, happy, fun, happy party. We're having a great time. It's like a little escapism. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a really good fucking time. Shit's about to not be um, Mm -hmm. fun. So I'm going to start the next section with my favorite quote from the movie Party Monster. Okay. I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to glamour my favorite line okay like 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 the glamour is the drugs or like he literally doesn't take drugs you think so 
That's a really good point, actually, because Michael starting out was not a drug user. Oh, okay. That's a... I, you like segue right <laughs> into that, like completely like, naturally. That's amazing. Oh, just so great. Um, so he really was not like into using or anything when he first started. He okay. was only wanting the fame and the notoriety yeah. and to be a club promoter. Um, when he starts getting into the drugs, is when shit fucking goes wrong. You Weird. know, like he just wanted to be creative and well liked, and now he's a hardcore oh. drug addict. You know, after a yeah. little on the scene. He was doing a fuck ton of, like, heroin, ketamine, ecstasy, and cocaine, and smoking crack, all of this on a really regular basis. Um, He had several drug arrests. He had several overdoses (laughs) and several stints in rehab. Um, But the behavior just continued. He, you know, was still on that scene. And at that point in time, it was part of his life. He was a full-blown addict. Um, the themes of his parties were starting to get more intense as he, uh... You gotta step it up, man. Right. Also, the drug use was starting to, like, really influence Uh kind of how far he'd go and kind of his boundaries with it. Um, most of the parties were still taking place at Limelight. He was their lead promoter. And he, some of them were kind of funny, um... He was known for behaving badly, like being a bad boy and Mm -hmm. always causing trouble like a kid. People... Talked about him like like a kid that liked to play jokes on everybody. Huh. His jokes were really fucking mean, like humiliating. Like he okay, was, man. he went too far. Um, but he would have these like pee parties and like really weird Ooh. stuff like that. Ooh. Not that that's weird. I'm not gonna shame anyone. I personally like, am not about it. I personally am not I'm gonna to attend a pee party. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> but if you're into no it, shame. like I'm not gonna shame anybody no for what shame. they're into. Um, but that was, like, a theme of a party that he had. Okay. I mean, that is definitely a step up from, yeah. And then his most, like, notorious one was the Blood Feast, where he had, like, body parts. Like, they weren't real, but body parts laying around, like, legs cut off, and it was very, like, gory and morbid. And so his kind of drug use, he was going into some darker places with his thoughts and everything. Yeah. Um, and one time after an overdose, this is a true story, uh, I saw in a documentary from one... Um, person who used to party with him, a fellow club kid, said okay. this. I can't remember which one said this story. But one time Michael had an overdose and there was a party that night and he like just left the hospital with the IV, like still hooked up to the IV. That, I hate when they do that in movies and they rip their arm. He no, just, no, he, he just did, left it in. He left it in and he took the whole oh thing and God. made it part of his costume. <gasps> Yeah, he made it part of his fucking costume. They do show a little bit of that on the movie Party Monster. That's kind of scary, because what if he had, like, worked up an air bubble in there? Like, I don't know if He gave zero bucks. It It was... freaks me out. It was more like reaction from people that he was interested in making... Shocking. Always shocking people. So, um, that was one of his his things that he did, just made it part of his costume. Oh, my God. Um, he would throw $100 bills on crowded dance floors just to watch people, like, scramble for it. Mm. He loved to cause trouble and chaos. Um, he would actually pee on people on a regular basis. That was something that he thought was funny. And yeah, he would pee in their drinks. It's hilarious. Yeah. It, mm. Gotcha. He oh peed in your Sprite or whatever. Um, so mm. he was just really over the top. And finally, Peter Gation ended up firing him from Limelight because the drug use was just out of control. And, you know, rehab wasn't helping. Nothing was helping. So in 1995, he finds himself... Uh, no longer employed as the club promoter. Okay. 
So now we're going to, this is definitely trigger warning territory right here because we're going to talk about Angel. So if you're familiar with the story, it makes me want to cry. Like you, you will know, you know about Angel. Um, so in the movie, Party Monster, mm-hmm. uh, not Angel, dang it. I can't remember who plays Angel. Then I was thinking of Kiyoki. Um, I didn't talk about this, but the one of the famous DJs, Kiyoki, was uh, Michael Alec's boyfriend. And he okay. was played by Wilmer Val- Valderrama in the movie. I forgot to mention that earlier. Oh, okay. So Fez from that 70s show is in Oh, I remember you saying that he was in it. Yes. Uh, for a split second, I thought he played Angel. I'm so sorry, everyone. That is not true. I caught myself before I spread those lines. Oh, my God. I do not remember the actor's name. But Andre Angel Melendez was a regular on the New York City club scene. And he even worked at Limelight for a little while, where he sold drugs on the premises. So he oh, was wow. known as being a drug dealer. Um, he got his nickname, excuse me, nickname, because he always wore these gigantic angel wings. So they were beautiful, giant. That's always wore them. Wow. So he was very distinctive. Um, you could see him from a mile away. Probably not a good plan for if you're a drug dealer. It's kind Maybe of like not. I'm that guy. I'm the one in the angel wings. Um, but anyway, that's how he got his name. His friends and family said that he did not use drugs, actually, that he was dealing to make money, and also he wanted to be a part of the night scene and really wanted to be accepted and well-liked. Yeah. Um, so Michael never liked him, though. That was one of the things. Like, Michael always kind of shunned him and rejected him and referred to him as, like, a wannabe. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't very nice to him, but... Angel gave him a lot of free drugs, so Michael saw him as somebody who was useful to have around. So, very much like, this relationship benefits me, even though I don't give a shit about you, I'm going to keep you around and kind of milk you dry. <laughs> and that's the kind of person that Michael was. So, wow. um, that was this relationship. And then after Limelight closed, federal agents started investigating it about the drug use and looking into Peter Gation. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Angel was, like, had to be fired, of course, from Limelight, mm-hmm. too, because the heat was on. And then shortly after that, Angel moves into Michael's New York City apartment. Uh-huh. So let me just explain what this apartment was like. So you're talking about, like, seven junkies mm-hmm. all living in a fucking run-down apartment. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty gross, pretty poor living conditions. Um, lots of lot of fucking people to be in a place, especially when there are, there's a lot of heavy drug use going yeah. on. Yeah. So you can just imagine, like... And everyone's hyped up. I mean, it's just... Well, they're using a lot of, like, heroin. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that they're okay. hyped up. They're, it's... People are getting sick. People are... When oh, when you can't... You're, you've gotcha. got that hardcore dope sickness. Um Gotcha. It's a pretty sad state of affairs. And, of course, with Angel being a drug dealer, Mm -hmm. he's kind of got a lot of power in the household, Mm -hmm. essentially. But also, Michael is really abusing his power as it being his apartment. So, things kind of come to a head after there's tension between them. There always has been. And on the night of, this is wild, but March 17th, which is the day after my birthday, it's the day that John Wayne Gacy was born. Like, all these things keep happening right around. Is that St. Patrick's Day? Yes. <laughs> it's also St. Patrick's Day. That's a big day. Um, Megan. So on March 17th, 1996, Michael and one of his roommates, who is 
portrayed in the movie Party Monster. He's one of the main characters. Uh, Freeze, mm-hmm. Robert Riggs. Uh, they actually got into a scuffle with Angel. Um, supposedly there's an argument, and Angel started choking Michael. And what? yes, apparently there was a struggle. And a fight over money and Michael being accused of stealing Angel's stash of drugs. Mm. Um, so it was all drug and money related. Well, during all of this chaos, Freeze ended up hitting Angel over the head three times with a hammer. Whoa. So once that happened, um, Michael apparently tried to smother him with a pillow at that point mm-hmm. uh, but Michael claims many times that he was really high on drugs and his like memory of the events is unclear so there's yeah. a discrepancy between like how they portrayed it in the movie what was written in Disco Bloodbath what really happened the witness accounts there's a lot up in the oh, air there's a lot of speculation about what mm-hmm. happened some things can't be disputed that's the three times hit with the hammer um, definitely and then uh, whenever Angel Ends up dying. Mm-hmm. This is where more trigger warning, everyone. Um, <laughs> Layers of trigger warnings. Right? Yeah. So, Freeze and Michael don't know what to do with his body. Okay. The first thing they do is put him in the bathtub. It's never They're good. They're going to cut him, aren't they? They're going to cut it up. Um, so, they fill it with ice. Okay. And this is the part where there are two versions. Mm-hmm. So, there's a version... Um, from Freeze, mm-hmm. who witnessed it, and then Michael denies some of this. Okay. But, um, Freeze said when he walked, that he left the room, walked back in the room, and Michael was pouring Drano down, uh, Angel's throat, and that there was, there, he was also injected with Drano. It's mm-hmm. hard to even say this. Wow. Um, the so Drano injection. embalm him, kind of? The Drano injection was actually shown in the movie Party Monster, too. Okay. So they did show that part. Um, whether or not the injection happened, that's what's disputed. There is no disputing that Drano was poured into his mouth because Freeze helped him put tape, helped Michael put tape over the mouth okay. um, of Angel at that point in time. So mm-hmm. then after that, they stripped him naked. And they left him in the bathtub. So a few days later, of course, the body starts to decompose. And there's a smell associated with decomposition. Um, But Michael is telling people it was just the plumbing. So there's a fuck ton of people living here. And there is a dead body in the bathtub. So that's where it's like, holy shit. But of course, everybody's so fucked up on drugs. I I don't know. I can't even imagine. It'd be, yeah. So, they kept discussing what to do with his body, and finally they came up with a solution. And Freeze went to Macy's and bought a box of kitchen knives. Mm. In exchange for ten bags of heroin, Michael agreed to dismember the body. Oh! So, you were on track there, too. And you're wanting to get your drugs, I mean. So, Michael cut his legs off, put them each in separate garbage bags, Mm. And then uh, in a separate bag, which was supposedly a duffel bag, mm-hmm. put the rest of him in there. And mm-hmm. then the remaining pieces of the body were put in a giant box and duct taped. Wow. And all of this was dumped in the Hudson River. But they did not... Okay, so they wrapped this box tightly. I've seen pictures of the mm-hmm. box. They wrapped it tightly in like duct tape. So mm-hmm. it's kind of insulated. They did not think to put holes in it. So it would sink. So it floated across oh the top of the water. Oh my God. 
Um, and it really, because of that, didn't take long for it to wash up on shore. So it was found by a group of children that were playing. Wow. Which is super fucked up. Um, the body was really badly decomposed, and of course it was dismembered. So the police actually thought the victim was Marshallese. Angel was Colombian. Oh, so so. Um, the connection was not made. They thought they had just an unidentified body of a John Doe, and mm-hmm. they they had no idea who it was. Um, so, whew, that was rough, you guys. We're getting we're getting past it. We're gonna go ahead and whoo. Okay, that was hard. And I I've seen this story a million times. It's just I've never had to tell it to anyone. It's hard. It's a lot. To, it's hard to talk about. Um, this next section is called a real gossip girl. So in the weeks after Angel's disappearance, mm-hmm. Michael was telling anyone who would listen to him that Freeze and he had killed Angel. So um, most people didn't believe Michael, and they thought that this confession was just one of his ways of getting attention because he mm-hmm. loved oh, attention. Wow. And he so, would do shocking things, and who right. knows what he's going to say? Right, he would say shit all the time, yeah. and people were just like, "Um, okay." Like <laughs> it, it just seemed beyond their wildest dreams and there was a lot of drug use going on too so nobody was really wanting to go talk to the cops and even if they did like nobody wanted to be the one to turn on michael yeah so soon the claims along with the disappearance of angel were like all up in the rumor mill michael went to rehab again for drugs and at that point the rumors were reported on in this little uh magazine called the village voice okay so it's like a club kid alternative style like weekly newsletter. Um, so it, they had like a subculture following. And even though nobody's names were used, it recounted every single detail of the murder. Whoa. So over the next few weeks, the village voice continued to like report on it, make accusations of the murder. But the cops still were not concerned about the disappearance. Uh, disappearance. Disappearance. <laughs> Of a marginalized drug dealer. So because of their lifestyle, um, being the LGBT community, and also, you know, not being a white person, they were not concerned. And it's it's really fucking sad because his family was really, really trying to find him. And they reported him missing. And he did have a family who loved him. And um, it just really sucks. I feel like things have gotten better. There's still a lot of work to do in that area as far as criminal justice goes and um, paying attention to crimes with marginalized victims. I could go on for a long time (laughs) about that, but um, that's something I'm passionate about advocating for. Uh, You can definitely find more about it online and find ways to support. Anyway. um, (laughs) No, you're good. I'm I'm just taking notes. Yeah. I got lots of notes to take. (laughs) So that whole thing happened in March. In November of the same year, so several months. Yay, November. (laughs) That's a long time, though. I'm March. born in November. Yes. And I'm born in March. How can I make it about me right now? <laughs> I, love, I love what you're doing. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so there's several months go by. Okay. A lot of months go by. Um, and the coroner finally reported that the body could be identified as Angel oh, wow. Lopez. So mm-hmm. police at this point, now that they had him identified and knew, you know, he had passed away and that it was a homicide michael was the first suspect um they were already investigating limelight at the time for all the drugs and michael kind of fell into that um him and freeze were both arrested for the murder and that's when freeze gave the full confession that i was talking about earlier so 
Just for reference, at this point in time, Michael is 30 years old. Okay. <laughs> this next section is called Prison Party. Prison Party. Um, so Michael claimed that he killed Angel in self-defense. Uh, and that he helped dispose of the body in a panic. Okay. Even though it was clearly very premeditated. Yeah. Um, but prosecutors were hesitant to charge Michael with first-degree murder because they still wanted him to testify in their drug, in their drug shit, war against drugs, against Peter Gation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been arrested for allowing drugs to be sold in his nightclubs. Okay. And, like, the, it's so amazing to me. That, like, the war on drugs. This is 1996, which wasn't that fucking long ago. That they are more concerned with drugs than they were with the murder of a fucking human. So oh, the drug war. Yeah, I have a real <laughs> the war on drugs. Oh my god, it sucks. Like, anyway, that's another. That's a whole other rant. I'm mm-hmm. ranty today. I'm so sorry, you guys. It's raining here, and I'm gonna blame that. <laughs> it's time to rant. It's raining. It's rant time. It's rant. This is rant corner where I talk about marginalized <laughs> victims series. not getting attention. It's a great series, like really a mini would. series to do. Um, Patreon people, if you'd like to hear Rant Corner, <laughs> well, I could definitely rant for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could too. About yeah, for sure. A n- number of things. So. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we're here and we're mad. We're here and we're pissed off. Here, I'm here and I'm queer and I'm pissed. Let's talk about it. Um, but after all of that, they eventually offered both Michael and Freeze a plea deal. So, um, they got a sentence of 10 to 20 years if they accepted the lesser charge of manslaughter. Okay. And then on October 1st, 1997, they both pled guilty and were sentenced to that 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, Michael talks about this. He talks about, like, how he told everyone about it. And he says, I must have wanted someone to stop me. I was spinning out of control. It's like the old saying, what do you have to do to get attention around here? Kill somebody? (laughs) So, some of Michael's behavior could be explained by a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been reportedly diagnosed with histrionic personality disorder. And uh-huh. we talked about this in the Diane Downs episode in episode Ooh, five. That's interesting. Um, she had the same diagnosis. Uh, but just as a reminder, histrionic disorder is characterized by severe attention seeking. Mm-hmm. And these are typically people who are lively, dramatic, vivacious, enthusiastic, and uh, somewhat flirtatious. So people tend to like them. Um, so that fit in well with Michael's personality. He definitely was all those things kind of to a severe degree, actually. So I'm sure his chart is going to be fucking fun. I'm excited. It's, I'm, I'm excited to tell you about it. So, stick um, around. Stick around. <laughs> so we're getting to the end of the story here, but Michael was transferred to a few different prisons. He spent time in a psychiatric unit, uh, but he was released on parole. On May 5th, 2014, Mm -hmm. Cinco de Mayo, we had a conversation about Cinco de Mayo earlier, at 48 years old. So, what he doing? I have have watched a documentary, actually, of Michael getting out of prison, and he missed basically every bit of technology that came out, so that was the, (laughs) it was amazing to see, like, the most of the episode was him learning how to use a cell phone, cell phones weren't around. That's kind of great. Just kind of, like, watching him learn everything and he watched the movie party monster and he was so fucking underwhelmed with macaulay culkin and he was like that didn't happen which was hilarious (laughs) um so anyway per michael's parole uh conditions he went back to new york city when he got Mm -hmm. out of prison he had an 8 p.m curfew 
He had to do drug and anger management counseling and mm-hmm. job readiness training. Mm-hmm. He did lots of interviews, like the one I just talked about, where he expressed a desire to star in his own reality show. And he wanted mm-hmm. to stage an exhibition of his artwork in New York. Um, and then in May 2014, um, there were reports of Michael trying to sell some of his memoirs. He was pursuing a career as like a magazine writer. He actually hosted, this is great, you're going to love this. He hosted a YouTube comedy talk show entitled The P.U. <laughs> with fellow club kid Ernie Glam. And then, I have not listened to this, we have to fucking find this. He, re- he released a pop song called What's In with his ex-boyfriend DJ Kiyoki. So, what the fuck? Oh um, he actually did end up getting his art displayed in... Uh, in an exhibit in New York. Okay. So that's all fucking going good for him. But the last known report, things are kind of sliding. Mm. I know. We were on a high. There's so many highs and lows of this story. <laughs> and we're going to... what his chart looks like. <laughs> we're going to end on a low note here because... Okay. On Thursday, February 2nd, 2017, Michael was arrested for trespassing and smoking crystal meth in a park outside of the Bronx. Meth, man. Um, at approximately 1.30 in the morning. And police reportedly found a bag of crystal meth, mm. a pipe with residue from the drug in his jacket pocket. So it's pretty hard to be like, it's not mine, bro. <laughs> it's in your pocket. So, <laughs> and... Uh, the New York Daily News reported that Michael was arraigned on the drug possession mm-hmm. and trespassing charges, and he pled guilty in exchange for conditional discharge. So that's okay. his final hurrah as of now. Stay tuned, though, how, because... How old would he be now? Oh, um... He's more than, like, 66. He is 53 years old. Oh, there you go. I had it, yes. 53. Okay. I came prepared for this one. I, He's this got is, some time left to mm-hmm. hopefully redeem himself. Prop or probably do more messy things. I definitely feel like he's mm-hmm. going to continue to try to be in the public eye, though. Mm-hmm. That's a big part oh, of sure. who he is and, it, yeah. and at his core. And uh, he needs to get some help, though. He does. Yeah. Look, I just want to know oh, that I right fucking killed it in exactly 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> All uh, right. Okay. We are ready to. Chart Let's get into the shit up. Well, we got one chart today. Single chart day. Singular chart well, day. I took like hella notes. <laughs> oh fuck! I know. Look at all those post-its. <laughs> There's a bunch here. All right here we go. Chart. Are we ready? Here we go. Charts, 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 charts. charts, charts. Okay. <laughs> party, party tones. See you today. See you. See you. Okay. <sighs> I'm so happy. Okay. When you just don't think about anything you're doing, it just, things happen like that. It just flows. It just flows. How it's supposed to. (laughs) Okay. Um, We're looking at Michael Aleg. He is a Taurus. Wow. Um, That blows me away. I didn't. He's not a regular Taurus. No, he's not. (laughs) Uh, his moon is in Leo. It is cusping Virgo. Oh my gosh, of course there's Leo yeah, involved uh-huh. in this. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I was okay. like, oh, especially these Leo moons, like, they want they want to express their what they're feeling. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we got, <laughs> we don't have an ascendant because there's no birth time, but I got lots of conjunctions and stillings okay. here. <laughs> okay. Um, so, first of all, all these, like, party vibes, I was thinking. Um, you could start with that. <laughs> 
I well, okay, we I need got, to quit partying. It's, no, you're good. Just keep. I think it's probably very entertaining for the people listening. Oh, me knocking get stuff. Get a beat. Get a beat for this. Let's see. So with the Leo moon, obviously, <laughs> we've got... That's a little bit of this histrionic trait. Okay. Um, Leo placements are common with... Like, if we're going to get into the whole, like, um, relationships between charts and mental issues and we're just some slight correlations if, if we're finding some correlations there uh leo will more often come up with histrionic personality disorder um and especially if that's his moon that's who he feels is like his inner self you know so yeah really really when you're coming into a place where you're trying to um empower yourself and be who you really are you're kind of like trying to pull that inner self out like yeah you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like exaggerating it a, a bit yeah um and yeah if you felt like you couldn't be yourself for a long time then uh, you felt like a place that were comfortable i mean i could really see that leo moon just going crazy um <laughs> and then we also have a pisces stellium on top of this pisces um and pisces is awesome i love pisces yay um but also <laughs> there there's an there's chiron here there's saturn here Okay. Those are both difficult placements, and having them conjunct, oh my god. Okay, so that's your trauma next to the thing that makes things harder. It does make things harder, yeah. It's, uh, am I learning? I'm so really good. trying, you guys. Like, I'm... Saturn, it wants you disciplined, it wants you structured, it wants you working hard to blah, blah, blah. Um, and having your trauma related to that, that's really rough. And Venus is conjunct right there, too. Um, so this is... All relating to how he relates to people, other people, how he cares about things. Um, oh my, my dog. It's not a bird. It's my dog. It's not a... It <laughs> sounds like Mariah Carey or a bird. Jute. Jute. So then also there is his palace and that is your like sense of deep wisdom. Um, it's another like practical placement. It's really trying to think about like this deeper sense of knowing and through your experiences through life and trying to be practical about things like okay level-headed really trying is but i mean it can definitely be a stressor if you're trying to be self-expressive and live in the moment and things you know it's a that conflicts with yeah and then it can also show like decision making can be affected here Mm. um there's a lot of trauma and stress about making decisions likely uh, and Pi- it's in Pisces, too. Pisces is not known for being the most decisive sign. Um, yeah. Matt and Libra. Decisions are of... hard, and I'm in both of those. My sun is in Pisces <laughs> yeah, and my moon is in Libra. <laughs> I'm fucked. It is like, mm. I mean, they, want, they really want to feel things out, you know? Mm. And if something, you know, if, if the energy shifts on a dime, you know, Pisces might change their, their decision, you know? Just yeah. Because, like, oh, I mean, yeah. I get it. It's, totally. So, then... All that situation there can really create a lot of escapism with their Pisces. Mm, um, yes. And this causes a lot Familiar. of problems with, like, drugs and addictions and alcohol. And um, if you, if you want to, if you have a lot of Pisces in your chart, you're going to tend towards escapism in some way. But you want to mm-hmm. find a healthy escape. Like... I don't know, like reading a book. Or I mean, like, for me, it's dance. Are, like, yeah. I, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've probably talked about this before, but yes. I struggled with addiction. I'm seven mm-hmm. years alcohol free. I'm mm-hmm. uh, 
13 years um, no longer being a hardcore junkie like I was in my very uh, mm -hmm. early 20s. And I was definitely trying to numb out and escape everything. Yeah. So I related. I think that's why I've always really loved the movie Party Monsters because I mm -hmm. really did relate to um, feeling like a freak and wanting to like run away and wanting to not feel yeah. and wanting to just like play and express and have fun. And, you know, now without you know, substances, mm -hmm. um, I've found that escape and I really do find it through dance. I find it through physical yes. movement of all kinds. I find mm -hmm. it through yoga. I find it through music and singing Absolutely. and uh, creating. And I feel like Hopefully Michael can do a lot of that because he we have See, similar energies I think yeah. in a lot of those ways. It's really there's a real lot there is opportunity for him to better himself and I'll get to that okay in a bit. It's Stay funny. off that crystal meth. It does nobody any good. It's kind of funny because when I had my birthday party like a year or two ago, uh, I think it was maybe a couple years ago. Um, I was drinking, but like not everybody at my party was drinking because some people have right. quit. And one of my friends from college showed up, and they're like, "Why isn't everybody drinking?" And I was like, uh, "Some of these, some of these people don't drink." And, and he goes, uh, "I can't actually remember who it is, but I think it was a dude." <laughs> oh. Well. And he said, "Oh, those prudes." And I was like, "No, these what? aren't like these aren't like twenty year olds. Like these are people who have lived their life and decided to quit drinking." He's like, "Oh." People have <laughs> like people have a hard on. time understanding like Ugh. how do you have fun without alcohol and for me it's like yeah. I have more fun than ever because mm -hmm. I'm in control of my body I'm in control of myself mm -hmm. and I can remember what happened and I'm not blackout Britney on autopilot exactly. fucking around like, like being oh an my idiot God. Like, man you don't get it like <laughs> I yeah. think he was like stuck in this like early college world type of mind like Gross. like it's the it's the people Gross. who are afraid of drinking that aren't drinking but that's not really the case now that we're like adults sorry d-bag <laughs> we tried it we decided it wasn't for us or uh. some of us can't handle it so it's like a lot all right just, cool just don't know. judge me um yeah i can't even remember who it was rant corner that, that got me oh my god okay. we've had three rants now <laughs> We could do some more. I think we could really. I mean, I've got like four more. A in long me. time. Okay. Okay. This is our new series. It's <laughs> amazing. Okay. Anyway, it's great that we're expressing. It's it's just Leo Moon energy, you know, it, coming through. <laughs> I'm loving whatever mm. this is. All right. Also, with Leo Moon, we're looking at like, um, you know, kind of the drama performance aspect mm. uh, and that's gonna be a lot of these like party costume things that he's really trying to like woo, and maybe escaping through characters um mm -hmm. we got neptune conjunct so the south node in scorpio um retrograde and neptune is more pisces energy that's uh -huh. what rules pisces um neptune is like illusions and like this dreamy world and um having that conjuncture south node it's it's kind of your comfort zone in a way, like mm -hmm. having this kind of like delusion, illusion type of idea. Um, but also, it, since it's on your south node, it's not serving him. Ah. Um, right. So when he plays into his south node, it ultimately cause it will cause him issues because it, it's like it's like you're an actor in this life. You know, you've been given right. a role. Um, oh, you're comfortable with your south node role. But nobody wants to see you do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you you can use the strengths from that role and play into your north node, which is the character people want to see you in next. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like moving on to your, on through your life path. But, like, you can't just, like, keep playing the same. And also, just to bring up. Cast type. 
during that time, I mean, Michael was 30 years old. I think that has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's like where this whole, okay, it's not cute anymore. Like Mm -hmm. you need to kind of start to grow up and Mm -hmm. he continued to kind of regress and stay in this like playfulness, childlike, playing pranks kind of a state Mm -hmm. of like with a sense of immaturity. Oh yeah. So that sounds like it kind of plays into that. It's what it makes me think of in my head. For sure it does. He has a lot of stuff on his chart that shows that he's really, like one of the themes here. Excuse me. It's like he keeps causing his own problems. Mm, it's like an episode of Seinfeld for me. It's yes! Like, like, I know, I, know I made that joke show. before. Uh, but it's kind of like he keeps he keeps tripping over himself. He's cuz he's 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 got a lot of placements that have good aspects and bad aspects and um you can use your personal energy in this life um in a healthy way or an unhealthy way, you know, like it's, up, it's ultimately up to you how you use the energy you've been given mm-hmm. um, and how you develop it. And he has not chosen the healthiest things, and I can see how it'd be easy for him to fall into that pattern, especially yeah. once you establish that pattern. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because, like, after he got out of prison, like we talked about, mm-hmm. he started going on, like, a good way where he's, like, mm-hmm. putting that energy into art yeah. and music and creating and doing a show and, like, doing yeah. all these creative things. And then he's like, and some meth. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just it's still that other mm-hmm. form of escape that can pull you back. It's going to be hard for him to pull away from that. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, there is definitely a possibility he could do that. It does show um, that he's capable of harnessing it into something positive, mm-hmm. like creative. And Yeah, and you know, I'll just pull that up while we're on it. Because, like, oh, I we're see... watching that fucking music video later. <laughs> I have to see it. I really want to see it, too. I didn't look it up beforehand because I was like, I feel like we should watch this together. <laughs> yeah, I will have to watch it after this. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so, also here... With Kevin having, like, his best shot, where do I want to talk about that last? Because that's, like, a positive note. Okay, yeah, yeah well, you like to end on a high you note. You like to end on a high note. Okay. Or a really gorgeous low note. <laughs> Tragic. I did a singing competition once, and I ended the song with, like, a really deep low note, Ooh. and I got so much amazing feedback from the judges Ooh, saying, like, nobody ever no ends on a that. low note like that, and they were like, that was a really oh. bold move, and it was gorgeous, and it landed, and I was like, yes. So that's where, that's so coming from a, a very positive place, but a literal low note that made like a huge that, impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish that was like a common saying now. Okay. <laughs> Changing the connotation here on Dark Alignment. Okay. What? And then let's see. Another thing that is kind of playing into his party thing, his party vibe, um, his Jupiter is in Gemini. Jupiter, Gemini. Oh. And Gemini, you know, they really like to keep things fresh. They want to like keep things moving. They're kind of quick paced, multitasking energy. Um, it's like. Like, they're in the present moment, but they're always thinking about what's next. Like, they're able to be present and have fun, but then mm-hmm. they're they're able to plan what's next. And that can be a really good skill in certain situations. But, cool. Uh, and in party life, maybe that would definitely serve him. Like, oh, yeah. Because um, Jupiter is, like, that energy is expanded on your chart. It's not your identity, necessarily. It's part of your identity. But it's not, um, like, your sun or your moon. It's, it's kind of like this, like, oh, just wherever that hits on your chart, it's just going to be more of that. It's like a little extra flavor, you know, put in there. Uh, a lot of spice. A lot of Gemini spice, spice. was added into his uh, personality. Like this analogy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God. 
the longer we do these this podcast, the more like weird analogies I'm coming. I'm with. really loving it though because it <laughs> paints a picture for me of like. And then also, I'm gonna think of the Spice Girls. Which, how could I not? You I know, that's what my brain is making curry. <laughs> I thought of what is that? The anise. How do you, anise oh, star? Anise, yeah. Is that what that's? I, how do you yeah. say that? I, anise or anise? I think it's anise. Correct but... us if we're wrong. I'm gonna say anise because I don't know. It's just the first one. You say it how you want. I say it how I want, but tell anise. me. Anise. <laughs> anise. That's the winner. Oh, God. Settled on it. All right. So, next day I put, um, I made some fun category names like you do. Ooh, I, put, um, I love it. I'm oh, this is, their, this is really the only one, actually. Uh, I called it Ending the Party. <gasps> oh, you're getting punt-ass <laughs> So, yes. he does, he is a Taurus. He has a Taurus stellium. He's got a lot of Taurus energy. His North Node is Taurus. He's got Ceres, Mars, and the Sun in Taurus. All oh, wow. conjunct. <laughs> on okay. On top of each other. Um, so... Him having Mars on top of his son kind of puts this Aries type of vibe on him where he's more, a little more combative, a little more like, ah, like aggressive, mm-hmm. um, a little more childlike, yeah. uh, a little more, oh, what am I thinking? Like, like fiery, like more daring. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Less inhibition. Yeah. And he's kind of got this, this thing of his self-worth you know Taurus is already um kind of into their self-worth and they look for people who know their self-worth you know one of the Mm -hmm. biggest like pet peeves for Taurus if they're looking for to date somebody is somebody who doesn't know their self-worth like like some or someone who doesn't act like they're worth something like that would that could bug a Taurus uh or someone with a lot of Taurus energy or something okay um no room it's for also, low self-esteem in Taurus it's just, land. It's, it's just not tolerated as well. Yeah. Because uh, they have it more naturally. Um, okay. And then and then with Ceres there, it's kind of like that foundation for love is himself. Self-love. <laughs> that is the true foundation um, for all of us. <laughs> and so that's just really interesting. Like if you see Vesta conjunct the sun, it creates this thing where you're really devoted to yourself and you kind of mm. you're always like one of you're more of a top priority like you're one of your top priorities is always yourself when you're you have best okay. in there. um it's when you have juno there you're really committed to yourself and you really want to make things work with yourself and, huh. and you know going through all of these like okay uh, with series it's like you are like how you see love, like you are just oh, no. yeah. It's like that sounds you you can almost. I think there's probably a thing where you could probably fulfill your own sort of um, foundation for love. Like I mean, that's you're like, kind of beautiful, but it's also kind I know. of kind of scary. <laughs> on one, you know, depends on how it manifests in a person. Mm-hmm. But that can be like kind of and with the Mars there, there's that scary. like fiery thing, and then it's mm-hmm. just like the Taurus trying to be grounded, and Taurus can be kind of bougie too. Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, you, know, you got fabulous, right? A big priority. Yeah, in the his Taurus side probably like that, especially the Leo Moon. Oh my god, um, <laughs> you know. So his focuses are going to be ch- like they're kind of kind of leaning towards the Taurus side, which is less less party really like Taurus is not as um party fun like Leo and Gemini okay yeah Pisces um so there's a part of him that probably isn't like all about the parties there's a there's a side of him that's like not all about parties 
but he does mm-hmm. like he, it's almost like he's like he wants this type of comfort and maybe he finds comfort through certain friends at the party you know I don't know right um but I could see him living a, a more like homebody life at some point um hmm. okay if if it if he can get himself put together right <laughs> um and then you know with the, especially with the north node in taurus it shows kind of like his past being this more intense scorpio um causing yourself problems <laughs> with these illusions and and <laughs> and then moving away from that crazy feeling to a more stable place okay um in taurus so um what else did I put here? And then he's got this Juno sextile uh, in trine going on. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of good aspects to his Juno placement. So if he found like a healthy partner to be like married to, like this oh. would that would probably work out well for him and help him make me more stable um, and healthy. I, I know. I think I said healthy like five times. I mean, <laughs> well, emphasis on healthy. Yeah, we, like he definitely needs something mm-hmm. healthy yeah. so that he can stay in a good place, right. especially being out mm-hmm. and among the public. Yeah, after you know committing a really horrific fucking crime, like keeping a positive energy. Yeah, he would. He would. He'd be able to keep like a. If he had someone who was kind of an anchor in positive energy mm-hmm. for him, that would be great. Even if it wasn't a marriage, if it was just somebody who was really committed to, just like, like a, a BFF good circle, or somebody who's really, yeah, yeah, a positive circle um, of friends and people, mm-hmm. support. Yeah, like if he and it had to be something that he was really committed to, almost like a marriage. Hmm. So, okay. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all of the um, all of these things can really kind of get like kind of put you into a night like another mindset of like other things that should go on rather than partying and then with the aggression you can really see um some self-importance and some issues um with like playing tricks on people and mm-hmm. like um yeah and like you said that south node thing and more playing tricks with people with neptune on south node uh, being just being like mean <laughs> don't be a bitch just don't be mean don't okay. be an asshole. I mean, mm. people are shitty, but it sounds like there are a lot of really positive possibilities for mm-hmm. Michael Alec, and that there are a lot of... Uh, it's coming, yeah. He could really self-destruct really quickly at the same he, time. It, he's, he's definitely got... He can hit it. He's at a crossroads. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time, he just doesn't pick the, like, nice way to go. Yet. I feel like I'm a lot like that, too. Like, I could mm-hmm. easily go one direction mm-hmm. or the other, and I've done that in my life, where it's like, if I make this decision, mm-hmm. everything's going to go to shit. But if I make this decision, things mm-hmm. can go in a positive For way. Sure. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's I, Sometimes I, it's just so easy to do what's more comfortable, that, like, mm-hmm. bad choice is just, like, right there, like... And just, like, the looming overhanging of, like, but this one lets me escape. This one makes me face <laughs> stuff. And that's really, yeah. like, I mm-hmm. like I, I think Michael probably deals with that oh, a sure. lot. Especially, he's got to have, you know, some trauma from doing, mm-hmm. like, committing that crime. Oh, the yeah. graphic things that, mm-hmm. even under, like, a heavy dose of heroin. Like, I mean, I'm sure if you cut up a body, like, you're gonna remember what that felt like, smelled like, looked like. Oh my like. god. It's, oh, it's, yeah, a lot. 
Um, it's a lot to think. Oh my god, I can't think about it. And there's all these things tying into this darker side to him, really. Mm. Um, again, that south node with Neptune, it's actually forming a grand square. Um, okay. which is like a Squares lot of stress. Squares are super bad. A lot mm-hmm. of challenge, life challenge here, okay? Um, it's with Folis, which is more of causing yourself your own problems with these negative aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, it's square is not south, is north node, you know, too. So it's like, um, some pressure on your actual life path. Like, you might not, he might have felt disconnected from his life path or felt like it was too hard, like it was really hard to like, overcome challenges to move forward with mm-hmm. his life path. Or um, just kind of felt like there was nowhere to go. Uh, And then it also hits his moon. So this is a very personal feeling to him. It's like Uh a very personal inner challenge. uh, Where he's causing himself his own problems. Like, what am I even doing here? (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, so that kind of feeling is really prominent on here. Creating a lot of stress. Um, And then, you know, that that Chiron-Pisces conjunction is really stressful, like I mentioned earlier. Um... And then, you know, a lot of that, like, Neptune South Node can tie into drugs, and the Pisces stellium can tie into his addiction issues. Um, I'm trying to just run through everything I wrote. I know I'm repeating Just, like, things. a quick recap. <laughs> no, I'm repeating recap. Things, But there's the new thing here, just in a second. Um, Ooh. You know, Sun and Mars, you got that mean thing going on. with It's, it's all this, painting this picture of a darker background here. And then his Jupiter which is expanding that Gemini energy in him, um, has squares to, to his Chiron placement in Pisces. Um, and that's, it's kind of like when he plays up that, that Gemini, like fun, loving, like witty, blah, blah, blah thing that he can do. Um, it really causes more challenges for him as well. Uh, and really make, is, it can be painful in a way. Like it's, it's not a healthy route to be taking. Um, but it's really, it's really, um, stressful and hard because sometimes I think that Jupiter placement really serves him, uh, because it has a lot of good aspects as well, but all those are tied to more bad aspects, you know, good, bad. Oh man. Um. It just, it's a lot, again, it's hard to explain without, like, showing the chart, but, like, it's so easy for him to get in his Gemini space, and then, like, for it to tie in so well and make his moon feel good, and make his, um, make his, like, fullest placement feel good, but then when he gets in those placements, it gets caught on the grand square loop, and then he's really stressed. It's like and a it's cycle. causing stress, and then you're really trying to pull yourself out of all these, mm. like... It's like going down the road, you find a good road to go down, then you got a pothole, and it's like, oh, like, and having that happen all the time, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's he just keeps hitting, like, roadblocks. A lot of crossroads, like, yeah. it's just really, um, so easy for him to get caught back up in the, in the difficulty of And that's life. really evident in the life he has lived so far, mm-hmm. um, both before and after prison, so. Yeah. Hopefully we hear, you know, some positive things about Here we go. what he's doing. Here's the positive thing. Oh! Oh, here's a positive! Uh, I didn't know! I, I told you, I'd save it, I'd save it for the <gasps> You end. really fucking did! I know. You saved it. All right. I'm excited. Well, that was a good little summary. Okay. And now 
one thing that I thought was cool on this chart, and this will apply to actually a generation of people, so if we have any oh. um, older people listening, um, if people bef- born between the years 1964 and 1967 all have this Uranus-Pluto conjunction. Okay. Um, which is, you know, it's just that Uranus and Pluto move slow. So, I mean, this won't happen again until, like, Oh, wow. Uh, next century. Oh, so this is, like, really fucking special then. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it years. happened last time in the 1960s, and then the next time I read it's going to happen is in 2104. Whoa. So, I mean, it's, like, the, it's just when things happen, like, so slowly, it, it really can change, like, it'll, like it impacts years worth of people. Okay. Like, like, if you're born around when I'm born, um, between, like, I think it's 1989 and, like, 1994, then you have this Uranus-Neptune conjunction. Damn it, I'm old. <laughs> um, you probably have something else. I I'll need, have to look. Let's look. I need I need planets <laughs> to mean something special for me. Maybe after we, we go over the rest of his, we can look. Okay. Uh, or um, not. It's Or not. <laughs> or forget about it forever. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so we have, this is like the generation of rebellion. Yeah, um, fuck yeah. So you can kind of see this too in the time period. Yeah, like, that's like the Once 80s these thing. people got, once these people hit their, the age where they could actually impact things around them and oh, in their, in, in their lives. Yeah. Then it's like, um, this intense need for freedom and reform yeah. and, um, kind of, and they were born, when you think about the 60s too, when they were born, mm-hmm. this is like what, Woodstock and stuff? Yes, like, like a whole mm-hmm. age of like. Fucking yep. free love and like mm-hmm. women's rights. That's the energy and, like, they were born into. Movement. That's so badass. I know, right? I and so that. then you know we're we're now all these all the people born with this energy are in their in their twenties and they're like uh, maybe thirties. I don't know. <laughs> they're like really pushing this need this this feeling they have for freedom and being like it's like kind of they feel restrained or manipulated by people or society mm-hmm. and it brings up this agitation and defiance and rebellion and, i like it um it's really cool it can cause a lot of stress though I mean, in their that lives was the club because kids. it is it is kind of a histrionic feeling that you know? was literally the club of, kids yeah everything yeah. about it like that whole group of people mm-hmm. were all probably around the same age and yep. it was like a and I, when I think of RuPaul, I think of this too, like always yeah. breaking barriers and Absolutely. always like doing things in a huge way, but it has a meaningful mm-hmm. impact and like fucking they, don't let anything They care about down. real stuff, but yes. it makes their lives kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can fight this energy if you're born around this time, but at some point in your life, you're probably going to get into it in some area um, just because it's part of who you are. You know? mm. Um, I like it. And one thing that's, yeah, and their relationships, whenever they're, like, dating and seeing people, it can make a lot of, like, passionate relationships. You, you might have a lot of passionate okay. relationships, but also tumultuous relationships, you know, because it's all that. Oh, I didn't talk mm. about it much, but Michael and DJ, superstar DJ, DJ Kiyoki. A DJ. Played by Fez. <laughs> when I almost fucked all that up earlier. Yeah, they had a really intense relationship. Really intense. Yep, I could totally see Really that. tumultuous. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And since so he that's... personally has his Chiron on top of Venus, I mean, love is going to be very stressful mm-hmm. for him. So maybe with that commitment thing I mentioned earlier, it really maybe would not, not have it be a relationship. Maybe have it be, like, a friend that yeah. you really, like... Okay. Um, but the fun thing about this Uranus, another cool thing about this Uranus conjunct Pluto stuff, is that they have this ability to really... Um, turn their life around quickly you know, through like a personal transformation. 
Oh wow, that's um, positive. Yeah, like, so when you positive. think of RuPaul. Oh, I mean, <laughs> all I want to do is think of RuPaul. Let's be honest. Like, I talk about RuPaul potential. and Britney Spears more than any two humans really? on this planet. Those are my two favorite people in pop culture and possibly the world. I don't know. <laughs> my top two. The top two. The best two. The yeah. best two. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, there's a lot of potential for him to really turn his life around with this aspect, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he were... <laughs> His, see, I'm moving to the next mm. note page. You're so fierce is, today. I like I don't, it. I don't okay. Know what I'm, it's on, I'm on. All right. I don't know what I'm on. I, what am I on? I don't. You know, you're high on pregnancy. I'm high on pregnancy. <laughs> I just woke up from a nap before this. It's great. You're well rested. I just maybe I'm in dream world still a little bit. I um, like it. It's good. So yeah, his best shot at rehabilitation. Um, he definitely needs to get some help to heal this trauma situation he's got going on. There's a lot of trauma in his life. Um, and, you know, maybe some aggression, maybe, you know, handle some of that, like, urge to be kind of mean. Um, but yeah, leaning into that Juno where he has, like, a, a commitment to anchor him in positivity would be great. Um, and the thing is, with that Jupiter placement, and has all these... It's, it's Jupiter's also about self-growth. It's, a, it's an expanded okay. part of yourself, and it's where you find self-growth. So if he's going to go through a period of self-growth, um, all the things that Jupiter aspects will come into play. Okay. That's what I'm getting at here. So the problem with that is all the things that it's aspecting are pretty much part of his grand square, which is, like, a lot of stress. <gasps> um, so when it hits his moon, um, he's going to need to, instead of focusing on the struggle in his life he's going to really need to find um a way to express himself through that leo energy but in like a healthy nice positive way mm-hmm. um and these are all needs he's going to have to get fulfilled for him to stay in a positive um space okay <laughs> um, and then he's going to need to find some calm kind of homier situation for him to be himself in um with that taurus taurus north node uh, but he's still going to want that, like, bougie, like, maybe a little more materialistic thing. Okay. That, I mean, that doesn't ever <laughs> you know. go away if that's part mm-hmm. of who you are, really. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the stressful part of that side to him. Uh, and then it hits his foe list. So he's really going to be having to focus. He has got all this energy that can really uh, end up playing into him taking something too far and causing a problem mm-hmm, for himself. Mm-hmm. Instead, he needs to take something healthy too far and really put that energy... It's an Aquarius. Really put that energy into a good cause. Yeah. That would be like really this... good for him if he could find, like, a good cause to really, like... To be um, an advocate. Put all of that extra energy into. Yeah. I could see him being a really strong advocate mm-hmm. for whatever he it is that he's, Absolutely. like, connected to. That, that would, would be... be... That would be really helpful for him. Um, and then... He should pick victims' rights for marginalized LGBT people. He totally what? could. He totally could. A lot of Aquarius is kind of like the underdog thing, mm-hmm. or, like, it, and a lot of that couldn't show through, like, a marginalized group, or, like, something that is a topic that's not taken as seriously. Like, um, right oh. now we have, um, uh, environmental issues are kind of, like, always the underdog of the... They really are. <laughs> yeah. They're always really minimized because, it's like, mm-hmm. we don't want to look at it because mm-hmm. it's too real and we are the ones directly impacting it and the ones yeah. that can actually make a difference. Another rant! Oh, fucking <laughs> make a difference, damn it! We're Ooh. sustainable AF! Oh <laughs> um, and with the South Node, you're always looking to really, like, 
take what you can that actually helps you from that past and, and use it to your advantage in your future, but not residing in your past. I mean, if you spend too okay. much time in your past or in your typecast role. Right. Like, then you can't grow. No, don't grow. And don't grow when you do that. Um, he does have a positive aspect to Lilith. His Lilith placement is actually pretty nice, except it will remind him of, like, that party, like, Pisces escapism vibe. As long as he can stay, he can find a healthy escape, and really, he can self-empower himself, um, kind of through his past and through his need for escape. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe this, like, maybe even, like, a dreamy, um, intuitive kind of thing he could do i'm trying to think of a good hmm. example i mean but, for me it's dancing like, right you know, yeah like whatever find he finds well it sounds like he likes spiritual art spiritual in a way and apparently he made a song so he likes art uh-huh. and music and that satisfied his and need performing. for performance yes, yes. so in uh, an inner self-expression oh my gosh what if he's gonna be a broadway expression. i don't know if he can Ooh. sing or not with a cause a uh, singer with the cause singing with the cause <laughs> Uh, okay. Maybe he could maybe he could do some martial arts to get that like that aggression out. Yeah, <laughs> or some really aggressive. What maybe is it called? Could, crumping. Oh my god! <laughs> maybe he can find a sponsor that he's really committed to to help him stay on the right in the right headspace. He definitely a needs life like coach, a, a life coach or a mentor um, yeah. or somebody. Really, just so he can rewrite this toxic pattern. Yeah, and, I mean, he's not. It's still going to be a part of him. That you know that. Whenever you leave a toxic pattern, it's going to be part of you still, but, like, you're really not following that, you know? Like, you're mm-hmm. trying to to put your energy on the healthier pathway, if that makes sense. It does make sense, and I hope he's doing that. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I got. Oh, my gosh. And that is Michael Alleg, mm-hmm. the party monster, king of the club kids. Ooh. So, um, you guys, if you like that story... Please, please, please <laughs> give us a like, mm-hmm. subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Yep. Check us out on social media, on the mm-hmm. Instagram. We got a Patreon. We have a Patreon. You can support us on Patreon. Um, there's always equipment we can get for the podcast. We actually need some right now. We need a longer cord for our microphone. <laughs> We're saving up those Patreon dollars to be able to afford a better microphone. To record. Um, we're cord. still looking mm-hmm. into um, how to expand other platforms. So mm-hmm. it is Absolutely. harder than we thought it was going to be. So work on, working on that, mm-hmm. work in progress. Yeah. Um, happy National Coming Out Day for yes. anybody um, who is in the LGBTQ community. Hooray. Uh, Hooray. Always something to celebrate. Go watch Party Monster if you have not seen it. It is see it. a delightful portrayal of this really sad story, but it is a, it's a fun movie. Visually, it's amazing. The acting is great. Um, can't say enough good things about that. Mm-hmm. And you guys... It was a really interesting chart to look at. It was. Thank you Thank for your chart gifts. Thank you guys for being here. So stay awesome and love yourselves. And we'll see you next time for some creepy fucking episodes. Get creepy ready. Season. Creepy season. Creepy season. Bye. Bye.